0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. So I've always been fascinated with the mysterious world of psychics and mediums. Have you been? I mean, I think it's something that we all are a little bit, I don't know, skeptical about. We want to believe. And then some people really do believe. So I really wanted to have a guest on to kind of debunk all the myths to talk to me about why they got into this. And I think I found the perfect guest for you. Um, You know, when you lose someone, I think it's natural to wonder, obviously, about the afterlife to wonder if that person is talking to you, if they can see you. And, you know, um, we really got to the bottom of the difference between psychics and mediums. And if the afterworld really does exist. So today I get to talk to Cindy Kaza. She's an amazing psychic medium. She stars on the hit travel channel show, The Dead Files. And you can currently find her on tour all over the United States, helping connect her audience with their loved ones on the other side. So if you guys haven't seen The Dead Files, by the way, on the travel channel, you should really watch it. So I had not seen the show before I interviewed her. And in doing some research on her, I did watch some episodes and it's actually really great. And when I asked her about the show, she really does confirm that it is not staged. The producers do not tell her where they are going. They do not um, tell her what to say, what to feel. So it is really interesting to hear the process of that show and how you know real it is. Cindy is so cool and grounded, Um, not what you might imagine for a psychic medium. She has such a way of explaining things or events that sometimes seem unexplainable. We talk about following your intuition and how that manifests differently in everyone whether we should believe in signs and Cindy actually opens up about a personal story of loss and what signs mean to her. We talk about spirit guides and if we all have one and what they look like. Our conversation didn't stop at just the mysteries of the present life. Cindy spoke passionately about forgiveness, soul integration, death, and the afterlife. I learned so much from talking to her, and she really gave me a glimpse into this mystical world of the unknown. Whether you, you are a believer or a skeptic, I know you will take something spiritual away from this episode. So please give it, so please sit back and enjoy with me this conversation with Cindy Kaza. <laughs> Cindy, thank you so much for joining me on Misunderstood. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So the first thing I wanted to start with, there is a distinction between a psychic and a medium, correct me if I'm wrong, but most people in in the modern world use the terms interchangeably. So I wanted to start with the definition from you and the difference.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So psychics pick up on past, present, and future. So if you're going to a psychic, um, you would be asking questions about your own life, people in your life. A lot of people ask questions about relationships, work, so on and so forth, right? Um, Mediums communicate with spirits, with energies and other dimensions. So all mediums are psychic, right? So I call myself a psychic medium just because I want people to understand that I can do both, but medium would be enough technically to say I'm a medium. Right. But I'll say like, uh, not all psychics have the same level of mediumistic ability. So some people will just work on a psychic level, which is amazing. Um, but they won't really go into connecting with the spirit world. And I particularly, particularly prefer to work with spirits. So anyway, that's, that's the difference, but a lot of people, you're right. They don't know that. So, And explain
0: this like spirit world as opposed to people that are dealing with tarot cards and, you know, talking about your past and if you're going to marry the person you're with now or whatever. So like, how
1: do you identify what you're good at? Yeah, just through experience, through trying different things. Um, I teach mediumship a lot and in intuitive development. And I always tell my students, just be open to whatever is happening. And some students find they're just working on a more psychic level. But it's one is not better than the other. So I really want to stress that. Um, they're okay. both really useful. Uh, but you you won't really know until you get validated, until you try different things. Um, and, you know, psychic work is is really... I have a friend who's a psychic investigator. So she works with law enforcement to help solve crimes. That is not my forte. It's not my cup of tea necessarily, but like, I see how powerful her work is and she's really good at what she does. She literally works with law enforcement to help solve murders, find missing people. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So I've
0: always wondered about that. Cause you see that a lot on shows and you know, you never, well, you assume it's mostly scripted But it's like, if somebody can actually speak to the dead, why, and they're dealing with a homicide, wouldn't they be able to, you know, conjure up the spirit of the person that died and find out who killed them or where their body is, if they're missing? Not
1: necessarily. I mean, and look like television, the shows that I'm on are not scripted. Like when I'm walking into an investigation, I'm going in, they don't tell me anything. So I'm on Dead Files season 15. It's a new show that I'm on. I mean, the show's been on for a long time, but I'm a new co-host to the show. Uh, When I go in, they don't tell me anything. I have no idea whose house I'm going into. Like a lot of times the hotel is 40 minutes away from the actual actual location that we're investigating. Uh, I walk in, I see what I'm getting. Uh, They don't tell me whether I got anything right until the end either. So it's one of those things where like, you just have to like, show up and just get what you're getting, trust that it's going to work out, and that's all that you can do. Um, but it's not necessarily, like if somebody's working on a psychic level, they might be able to see where the body is. They might psychically be able to see who killed the person, but if they're working psychically, that doesn't mean they're connecting to the spirit of the person who's on the other side, because they may, might be more psychic than they are mediumistic.
0: So you said that sometimes you'll walk into a place and get a feeling. How do you turn that on versus turn it off? I mean, you, I would assume that if you're, you can't just have a conversation with anyone from like the supermarket to your family and like hear these spirits all the time, right? No, that would, that would be
1: awful. Uh, yeah, so uh, No, I do not walk around talking to dead people all day. I have okay. a life that I want to live of my own. I try to be as grounded as possible. Uh, I describe it like this. It's like if you could imagine a radio that's plugged into an an electrical outlet, right? There's always going to be a current, an underlying current running through. But now I can control how high I turn up the volume. So when I'm going to a location to work, I turn the volume up high. When I leave, I turn it back down.
0: So you spoke about saying that you teach this. Can you teach this to anyone or someone has to innately have had some sort of experience when they were younger or at some point in their life where they know that they are open to this?
1: Look, I think everybody comes into this world with the ability to feel these energies. I do not in any way think I'm like this oracle, you must come to me. I think we all have it to a degree. Uh, I always say everyone can play the piano. Not everybody's going to be a concert pianist, but Mm. we all have the ability to feel energies. And people walk around all the time in daily life saying, oh man, I should have trusted my gut. I should have trusted my gut. What they're really saying when they say that is I should have trusted my intuition. I should have trusted my psychic ability just using different language. And I can't stress enough how important language is when we're talking about this subject because people feel a lot more comfortable saying intuition uh, or they, they feel a lot more comfortable saying, I had a dream that this happened and then it happened. But those experiences are psychic experiences. But the word psychic you know, has, has a little bit of a stigma attached to it. So people are having these experiences all the time. They might be describing the experiences using different language, but at the end of the day, um, I really, really believe that we all, again, have the ability to feel these energies.
0: Um, how did you first come to realize that you might have some of these abilities? You were 10 years old when you had your first experience, right?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, the first experience I had, it was 10. There was a girl in my elementary school who passed away in a car accident. And after she died, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw her standing directly next to my bed, like a full body apparition. Uh, It was terrifying. And I pulled the covers over my head. I pulled them back down and she was still standing there. So that's my first experience. Um, Did I understand that I was a psychic medium at that moment? No, I was 10. You know, I grew up, uh, in, in a family that was religious, um, most of my family is super Catholic. There are some, you know, born-again Christian in the family, too. So we didn't talk about stuff like this uh, at all. But I will tell you, my mother used to always say when I was a kid, Cindy's really sensitive. She can see things about people, right? And that was true. I mean... I knew when things were gonna happen before they did. I could read people very well. I could feel energies around me, but I didn't have the language to describe my experiences. I didn't know what a psychic medium was. And it wasn't until I was 19, um, I met this woman named Bonnie, who then be- became my first mentor. Uh, she looked at me and said, you're a psychic medium. And I was like, what are you talking about lady? You know? I was like, what are you talking about? Um, but she was also a psychic medium. So she saw that in me. and. I would spend time with her and she would talk to me about metaphysics and, and psychic things and mediumship and spirits. And it still wasn't quite landing until my 20s when I, I it, it just started making more sense. And then, you know, I looked back at the experience that I had when I was a 10 and I was like, oh, that really was real. I really was seeing a spirit because for many years, I, I, I never forgot that experience. I knew something happened, but I didn't know, was I dreaming? What was that, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then I realized all along, like all these experiences I was having were, were because I'm so sensitive and I'm a psychic medium, but it's really common for people to have dreams of their loved ones after they, they've died. I mean, it's like, I ask at all my live events. Uh, I do a lot of live events where I, you know, I tour and bring through people's loved ones who have passed away. And at the beginning of every live event, I ask people, how many of you have had visitation dreams of your loved ones after they've died? And I'd say in almost every audience, it's at least 70% of the audience. It's huge. And in visitation dreams, it's not just like you're seeing an image of your loved one and then you wake up. It's very specific. It's powerful. You'll never forget it. You'll remember what they were wearing, how you felt. It's it's a dream that you will never forget. And a lot of people have had them. Um, Another common experience people have smelling cigarette smoke or perfume or something in the room when there's nobody there smoking or wearing perfume. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's, it's, these experiences are more common than people recognize, but they're also a lot more subtle than what people think they should be like based Mm -hmm. on what we see in Hollywood, like the sixth sense, that movie, Uh, I use it as an example. It's an excellent movie. It got a lot of things, right. But I don't know um, a single medium who can't tell the difference between uh, somebody who's alive or dead all of the time, right? Like they they might see a full body apparition and be confused for a second, but then usually they realize what happened, right? Um, okay. And the signs are usually a lot more subtle than that, way more subtle.
0: My schedule has been crazy lately, hasn't yours been? Between working on my podcast, having house guests, doing my daily activities dealing with my daughter. I was just feeling stressed and sluggish and just not focused like I should be. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that could help support my entire body. I'm terrible when it comes to taking supplements daily, especially I always forget. And I was so over taking a handful of different things that just didn't seem to help with AG1. I get a boost of energy and it supports my immune system and it tastes great. When I started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel a real difference in my daily health. I had energy again. I felt more relaxed and I could focus on work and be there for my daughter and the people that need me. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So as a morning ritual... I make my AG1 supplement by adding eight to 12 ounces of water. And I put a squeeze of lemon and a squeeze of lime in to mix it. And sometimes I actually put like very cold, icy water. I shake it and I drink it. And then in the afternoon, um, I put one drop into anything I might be drinking that afternoon, but I put one drop of the vitamin D3K2 and I just, you know, I don't have that sluggish feeling in the afternoon anymore. And it's be, it really has become my ritual. Even my friends have started taking, um, you know, the opportunity to drink AG1 and they tell me always how much they love it. They feel like their body is getting all the nutrients it craves. And I really couldn't agree more. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm so excited to welcome them as a new partner to Misunderstood. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com understood. That's drinkag one slash understood and check it out. There's no promo code that you can use. You have to type that in exactly as I'm saying it to be able to get this free one-year supply and free AG1 travel pack. So make sure you type it correctly. It's drinkag1.com slash understood. I can't wait to hear how you feel. So, and are you as a medium, when you say you're, communicating? Are you seeing, like when you're doing this in a group setting, um, are you seeing just a bunch of people or hearing, like, I know you said about the radio thing, but like, how do you deal with it when you're in a huge room of people? And obviously the people attending are all really wanting to be picked Mm -hmm. or connect with someone. So how do you kind of pick who you're going with?
1: Yeah. So I don't go directly to people in the audience first. That's not how I work. Uh, I go to the spirit world first and I see who's coming through. So it'll be something like this. Like I'd say, I have a dad, he died of cancer. I'm hearing the name Pat. I feel pulled to this area who understands this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that the information comes through, I describe it kind of like playing a game of Pictionary charades and telephone all at the same time. If you could imagine that, (laughs) because I see, which is using clairvoyance. Um, Clairvoyance means clear seeing. So it's like if you were to think of an image of your loved one in your mind, that's how I see. Usually it's not full body apparition. It's in the mind, the mind's eye. Uh, I hear, which is called clairaudience, but it's not external auditory most of the time. Rarely is it for me. Uh, It's like if you were to sing the words to your favorite song in your head, it sounds like I'm talking to myself, but it's actually not coming from me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I can feel their personalities. I can feel their emotions. uh, I can feel how they were when they were alive, which is clairsentience. So one spirit might give me three pieces of information using three different clairs. I might see the name. I might feel how they died and I might hear where they lived or something like that. So um, when I talk about studying mediumship and teaching mediumship, it's not that I'm teaching somebody like necessarily how to be a medium like they have to be open enough to have the information coming through but it's more uh learning how to navigate all of the pieces of information coming at you really quickly and yeah. what and when i'm working with a large group of 300 people there are a lot of spirits there so you also have to learn how to navigate like the line of spirits waiting to come in and how to be grounded in 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 that experience as a medium because it can be really difficult
0: So if we have anyone listening that is interested in kind of learning and and opening themselves up to this, is there any sort of advice or like a couple tips you can give people to see if they can be more open?
1: Well, I'd say the biggest piece of advice I have for everybody is to trust your experiences because the, the one thing that people do most often is they have an experience and then they immediately tell themselves they made it up. It's not real. It's all in their head. Uh, and that it can't possibly be true. So the more you believe, the more you receive. If you can't get out of out of your own way, in that sense, it's gonna be very hard to to move forward and to trust that the spirit world is really there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and another ex- another piece of advice would be, again, like studying, sit in meditation, um, allow yourself to be still long enough to feel feel these energies coming in because again, uh, I can't stress enough how subtle it can be. And if you can't sit still enough to notice the subtleties, you're going to miss them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are a lot of different things. I mean, it's like, I mean, this could be a whole podcast on mediumship development, right? Mm -hmm. If I had an hour to just talk about that. But um, I mean, the biggest thing is the trust. It's really hard to move forward if you can't trust your experiences. Right. Um, Do you
0: believe in signs? A lot of people will say, oh my, so-and-so loved rainbows or they loved, you know, uh, butterflies. And then after that person passes, they will see that all the time. Do you believe in that? Or do you, and, and is that a, a real thing? Or do you think that's somebody really just holding out hope and now, um, kind of pointing those things out? Cause they know that that reminds them of that person.
1: Look, I believe in signs. I believe in symbols. I believe in all of it. Uh, here's my take on that. It's not that the spirit—and this is my personal belief, right? Everybody has their own way of of experiencing the spirit world, and their own views and values, and and whatnot. But um, it's not like the spirit of the person is inside the butterfly. It it feels more like this. You might be walking down the street, and all of a sudden. You're like I have to look left, and there you look, and there's a butterfly right next to you. Had you not been guided to look at that moment in that direction, you would have totally missed it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to share, you know, because because sometimes it can sound kind of like cheesy when I'm giving a reading. I'm like, oh no, do I really have to say look for rainbows? And like this feels so cheesy. But I'll tell you, um, (laughs) like, like uh, my brother passed away last year, right? And and it's it's thank you. It's it's been very interesting for me. Uh, as somebody working in this field professionally who can connect with other people's loved ones all the time to not be able to feel my brother around me. So this has been like, he's dead. He's been dead for a year. Haven't really felt him, but at his funeral. And everybody saw this at the funeral. Uh, we looked up and there was like a rainbow around the sun. It's some sort of a, it's it's called something. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a meteorological, Um, phenomenon
0: or something yeah Yeah. phenomenon
1: so so we all saw it like everybody at the funeral is taking pictures of it we're like this is crazy and then um I went to the Airbnb after you know his funeral I'm sitting on the deck it's raining another rainbow it's like right going through the lawn I mean it's low it's like below the trees and like this is also very interesting and then so I'm like, okay, my brother's sign is rainbows. I'm just going to trust that. What what more do I need to know that his sign is rainbows? Mm. Um, and then we spread his ashes uh, this summer in a lake. And it was not raining. It was like a beautiful day. Spread the ashes. And there are five people in the boat. We look up and there are these micro mini rainbows forming all over the place. Like, I'd love to send you pictures of this because I've never seen anything like it. It wasn't a full rainbow. It was just like these little rainbows kind of appearing everywhere. And, you know, so I know that signs and symbols, like I I could not explain that. None of us could. We're like, how is this even happening? Like, how is this happening? So I don't feel my brother coming near me and saying, hey, Cindy, I'm here. Good to see you. But I see the rainbows and that's that that feels right to me. There have been way too many situations or things that have occurred since he died uh, with rainbows for me um, to deny that, you know, so I think it's important for people to like trust those experiences, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's really good advice. And that's a beautiful story that gave me chills. Um, let's talk about the skeptics right now because you know for for me um I lost my father when I was young I lost my fiance when we were engaged and um I've been open about it it's something that that people can Google me and they know everything about those stories. And I've had people try to connect me with psychics or mediums um, in the past. And I've been really hesitant, actually a couple, I think once really, I was really read by somebody, but I was very skeptical going into it because I feel like so many people can do their due diligence on someone and then kind of know what to say. And, you know, talk to me about whether or not this is a real profession. And if this is a real thing or if people (laughs) can learn it, um, you know, I'm not saying this to be offensive at all, but, you know, for example, I interviewed um, a mentalist who was doing kind of all the same things that a psychic could do, right? They can Mm -hmm. predict things, they could kind of, and and he explained to me that you can really learn it. I mean, it's about learning people, it's about learning, um, you know, body language and then kind of steering them in the way to get them to answer um, or to get you to say things that they kind of egg you on and then you know where you're going. So talk to me about how to um, deal with the misconceptions and the skeptics, please.
1: Well, sure. Okay. So I learned a long time ago, my job is not to turn skeptics into believers. It is a lost cause. It is not the right. right use of my energy. It's just like, I I believe in what I do. I know it's real. I go, I, you know, do readings all the time. I can't deny the things that have happened with me having zero information. Right. So right. let me just say that to begin with, are there people that Lie and are there frauds? Absolutely, they exist in this profession too. It's very unfortunate. Um, but what I will say is this like, wait, can I ask you a quick
0: question? Can you spot
1: those people immediately? Not always. Okay, not always. And uh, mentalists, yeah, I don't know much about mentalism, but I do know mentalists tend to dislike mediums because they think we're mentalists when I'm not a mentalist and I've never studied mentalism, right? But what I'll say is this like, how is it that I can be given zero information about an an investigation I'm doing zero like like the production company goes so far I don't even have the address of the location they put me in a van so I can't see it they don't tell me where I'm going. And go in and get this information that's, 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 you know, validated after that makes sense, getting names and things like that. Like, how would I, how would I know that, you know, I don't have the information ahead of time Um, and doing live events. I could do a live event blindfolded and still get the same information. Really? Oh my goodness. Sure. I mean, it's weird to do it blindfolded. If you're in front of 300 people with a blindfold on the whole time, you know, that's awkward, but it's possible. Right. And, you know, I've done readings at live events where I've turned my back to the audience and brought through a reading. I can't even see the person that I'm reading for. Um, And it's the same thing, like with Dead Files, the show that I'm on now, like I'm not interacting with the families that live there when I'm doing the walkthroughs. There's nobody there except for the camera guys. Right. So I'm not reading anybody's body language because there's nobody there to read.
0: Wow. I just got chills again. I watched a couple. So you've you've been on three episodes that have aired so far. Is that right? You started September three. 7th. Yeah, three. Yeah, so I, I watched. I guess two at this point, and they're really good. I did not know Thank of the you. show before, and so that was my main question: is it is any of it scripted? You've kind of answered it. It's not. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's obviously, not scripted. it's it's scripted in the way that they're finding these um, homes and they're finding these situations, obviously, and then they're bringing you, but they're not explaining to you how they want you to react and what they want you to say.
1: They don't tell me anything. And then at the end, you'll see with the reveal, right? With my partner, Steve DeShalvey, who's the yes. retired homicide detective. Yeah. We don't in- interact until we're on camera at the end. So when you see us being surprised, like, oh my God, I can't believe this lined up that way is because we literally haven't spoken about what the other person got until that moment. So both wow. of our reactions are are really genuine. We're just like, oh my God. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Look, I mean it, it's it's unfortunate that there are people out there like without good intentions that are frauds that are making us all look bad. It sucks. Yeah. But but all that I can do as a psychic medium uh is is be me and be with in integrity and and do the best that i can do and and i'll tell you this too another misconception that people have about psychics and mediums is that like we're supposed to know everything and get everything right all the time and that's that's also not true um and and because we can misinterpret we we the, the information has to be filtered through our awareness as well right and so right
0: and I your t- experience of what they're saying i would assume that's hard
1: it it can be right it can be yeah. hard because you have to get out of your own way enough to let it come in without misinterpreting or filtering it through your lens in a way that's like, um, what's the word? Like, pro- it's a projection, right? You can project things right. into a reading right. without meaning to. Uh, so that's another thing, like with studying mediumship, it's learning how to get out of your own way and get out of your own mind enough. Uh, uh, one of my, me- my one of my mentors used to say, uh, "To be a good medium, you have to lose your mind." Hmm. And I was like, what is he saying? I was like, oh, I get it. You have to get out of your own way.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so interesting. Um, Has it ever backfired? Like when I was watching the show, I was thinking, well, what if these families got it wrong? What if there are no paranormal things going on there? Then would you walk into a situation and be like, I don't see anything here. There's nothing here. Like, how would that work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if that were the case, if I really didn't see anything, I would say it. Uh, I think what happens because- Has that ever happened? It hasn't happened. Not yet, because Mm -hmm. I think the production company does enough um, research in the sense where they make sure they're not going to put me on an episode like that because they they Mm -hmm. really make sure the family is like not making stuff up, you know, like they they really do a good job with that. Um, but there have been experiences and not just on dead files, right? Like if I talk about my career and places I've been and people I've spoken to where people have said to me, like, there's something in my house, it's a demon. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not a demon. You know, that's not what's happening here. Um, I have no problem telling people, uh, that I don't see activity in their home that I would tell people exhaust all of the other options before you assume it's paranormal activity, make sure it's not you know, something with the pipes that you're hearing bangs in the night or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I do notice that Steve has made an attempt as he's interviewing people to say, well, could that be that you're misinterpreting that? So that does come out in the show. And obviously, yeah. in reality when you're doing stuff, what makes a place haunted? And why would a spirit haunt a person or a place, you know, besides, you know, or why would they haunt them as opposed to coming to be like, hi, I'm here. I'm okay. I want you to move <laughs> on and be happy. Like, What's the whole thing with haunting?
1: Well, look, when we say haunted, right, it, it usually represents something terrifying that's happening, right? Uh, we could also just say paranormal activity or activity. Um, mm-hmm. And look, I sit I sit with this a lot to say, like, what is really going on? Because it's hard for me to believe that a soul would be like stuck in one house for eternity. Like I can't energetically wrap my head around that, right? Mm-hmm. And so- and look, ask me 10 years the same question as this. from 10 years from now, I might have a different answer for you. So this is based on my understanding now, okay? So if you read about people that have had near-death experiences, um, there's one book that I talk about a lot. It's called Dying to Be Me. It was written by uh, a woman named Anita Morjani. So Anita Morjani had a near-death experience. And when she was on the other side, she was able to be in like five different places all at the same time. And they were nowhere near one another. So she comes back, she's obviously alive, she wrote the book, she comes back from the the NDE and she's telling people, I saw this, 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 and this. And everything she saw was accurate. She was literally in five different places at once, okay? And so I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, what does that show us about the ability of the soul to travel? And uh, in my understanding, time and space are not linear uh, on the other side, right? So all of the language that we're using to describe these experiences in this dimension, uh, it, it, the language is limited by by our understanding of time and space because we live in this realm of duality and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> but I was like, well, if, if Anita Morjani had that experience, then it's probably possible that different aspects of these souls that I'm encountering could, could be other places as well. So then the question is, why am I encountering this aspect of the soul? And what I believe is happening is that I'm encountering maybe a fragmented aspect of the soul, a traumatized aspect of the soul that has unfinished business, that story hasn't been told correctly, that still has pain. And this aspect of the soul needs needs healing. It needs a voice. It needs somebody to to give it a voice so it can reintegrate to the oneness or go, go somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really, what you
0: would call, is this what you would call what we would say is like being stuck in limbo. You know, you hear that, um, people I mean,
1: right. Limbo purgatory, so on and so forth. Um, I, I, I'd like to describe it as, um, an aspect of the soul trying to figure it out that, that, that maybe, maybe it's limbo, maybe it's purgatory, but, but needs a little bit of extra love. Um, Mm. and so my job, um, as a medium is to sit with that, that part and say, what is going on? Why are you here? What happened to you? Like, why can't you move on? Why are you still stuck here? Um, and when I say stuck here, you know, some people will say that these are like earthbound spirits. Um, Earthbound, to me, is the language of that is a little bit tricky because I think that when we pass away, we sh- our energy shifts to a different space. It vibrates differently. So there are aspects of souls that are, like, really impressed upon earthly things that, like, still want things that are here. They're attached, right? Mm. Um you know, and and if we look at like there's something that that people practice uh, now. It's like in healing and psychology and stuff. It's called parts integration. So like people will go to a session with a healer or a psychologist, and they'll try to find this aspect of themselves that fragmented off from a trauma. And once you can find it and what age it happens, you can see it and you can reintegrate it. It's like the same thing with like me working with spirits. I think right. I'm saying mm-hmm. I think because this is just an idea that I have. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, people always ask me like, what, what can you do in this dimension and in this realm to make your transition to the afterlife easier? Like what, what can you do? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, my, my answer is, um, you know, if if we really look at the, the role that forgiveness plays in in life, uh, not only forgiving other people, but forgiving ourselves, if we can forgive ourselves, which is even harder a lot of times than forgiving other people, uh, I think that that makes it easier because we're not, we won't be, we won't have these fragmented pieces that have unresolved issues and business and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's it's yeah. Ask me in 10 years. I might have a different answer for you. That's where I'm at now.
0: (laughs) I get it. It sounds like you're always learning. So what have you learned about life after death? You mentioned a little bit of stuff, but that people might be interested to know.
1: Well, you don't die. So death is not real. We're not dead. Uh, We're just in a different space. I still feel like we have healing to do, we have growth, we help other people from the other space, the other realm. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've had spirits come through and say, hey, tell my family that my job on the other side is to help people who have died from drug overdoses come through or, or to find peace or to find their way. And, and a lot of times it's people that have died from drug overdoses that are then helping people that have also died the same way, find their way. And they're mm-hmm. also helping people in the living suffering from the same uh, you know, addiction, affliction uh, issue. And so it, it's, it's uh, death isn't real. It's a, it, you just are going to a different space and it continues on.
0: So this is a personal question, I guess. I am curious if you get the feeling that there is any suffering there. So like when somebody dies, I feel like as a human, you go through so much suffering and that trauma and pain can stay with you for the rest of your life, right? Um, I'm curious if you have found or you have any thoughts on if there is feelings of like that on the other side, because I would assume they're suffering that they can't be with their loved ones or they can't explain that they're okay
1: or whatever it is. Yeah, no, like I was saying, I experience, uh, you know, especially in the paranormal investigations, where where I'm experiencing these, these parts of the soul that still have not gotten out of the, the loop of anger or sadness or betrayal. Uh, but again, and this is where I say, like, um, I'm still learning, I don't think the entirety of the soul is going through that. I don't. There's a fragment, there's an aspect. And also, you know, when people have um, disabilities in this this dimension, uh, that goes away. Like, I'll see people that couldn't walk in, in when they were alive, but they're running. They'll show me I'm running through the field on the other side because they want their family to know they can run, they can walk, they can move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these physical ailments that we experience here do not carry over into the afterlife because you don't have a body like you have here, right? right. So that's that's different, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, has the spirit ever come to you and out of nowhere and sort of bothered you enough to be like, I need you to find this person. I need you to contact them.
1: Good question. The answer is yes. I have felt spirit saying that to me, but I will tell you, uh, I have pretty good boundaries in that sense. I'm not the type of medium that approaches people that I don't know uh, without their permission to give them a reading. I think that that is is crossing a boundary. Um, I very much ask people, can I share with you what I am seeing? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know, we see some shows where like the medium is walking up to somebody on the street and saying, hey, I know you don't know me, but your dad's here. Hi, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't do that. That's not how I operate. Because it's important to remember that, uh, you know, people have like trauma, even with people on the other side, like, what if I'm re-traumatizing somebody? What if I'm triggering them? What if they're super religious and then they think that whatever I'm seeing is actually de- demonic and not the soul of, of their loved one? Then they're walking away thinking of demons following them. They might be traumatized and then I'm leaving. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so I don't operate that way. Although I'll say I know mediums that do, and I know people who receive it well, um, it's personal preference, Yeah. but I, I try to be very mindful of all of those factors. And, and I try to be very respectful of other people and their emotions.
0: Have you ever been scared by your own powers or abilities, whatever you call it? What do you call
1: it? <clears throat> I mean, intuition, abilities, intuition. ability to okay. connect. Yeah. Well, intuition, mediumship scared. Like, what do you mean by the, the, what, what I've seen and then it's happened or.
0: Yeah. Like by what you've seen, by what you've felt, by what you had to felt obligated to tell someone or not tell someone, I mean, can it be scary?
1: Yes, it it can be scary. Um, one thing I I don't like is when I can see, uh, when somebody's going to die. Uh, I really don't like that. Uh, and I'll tell you a story. Um, this happened in I think it was 2011. So this is going back some time. Um, somebody had asked me for a reading. And, and at the time, it wasn't like a one-on-one. He, he just said, I would love a reading. I said, fine, I'll go home. I'll sit down. I'll tap into what I'm experiencing. I'll send you what I got in an email. Then you can read it. If you have any questions, let me know. And in the reading, uh, I was seeing he was going to have a heart attack. And I was seeing that it was it, it was going to be around Christmas and that he needed to have his heart looked at. And I was like, great. How do I tell this person <laughs> what I just saw? Like, this is really tricky because I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose. So then there's that piece. Then you don't want to scare somebody and be you say say something that's like really gonna freak them out. And so what I said was, um, look, I'm not trying to scare you, but I feel like you really need to have your heart looked at as soon as possible. Like, again, not trying to scare you, but I really really think you should get your heart looked at He died on Christmas day, literally on Christmas day of that year. Uh, And it it was for me um, really, really difficult because I I felt like when I saw it, maybe I I didn't say enough, maybe I didn't push it enough, um, all of the things. Like the and then being scared of like how did I see that like I don't want to see those things if I can't do anything to help somebody like it, the whole well, thing what was, I was really hard. Ask
0: you, yeah, I was going to ask you: Do you think that you telling them could change the future for them, or do you think at that point it's too late?
1: It's. I think it's hard to say, right? Like it's like. Some things you can't change. I mean, it yeah. could be that he could have gotten his heart looked at, and it wouldn't have changed anything. I have no idea, right? Um, yeah. But that—that's one of the—the—the the, the things that I find like uh, uh, challenging, and—and um, I, and I don't like receiving that information. At least then I really didn't. I think now, um, a little bit further on in my my uh, career or or in my work, to I think maybe sit with that in a different way. Um, Because also it's like, sure, maybe if I see something like that now, it's an opportunity to spend more time with that person or to show up differently, you know, but it's, it's tough. That can be really tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has anyone ever stalked you because they want to reach their so much (laughs) that they're like not leaving you alone about, please, can you contact this person or please, can you do a reading with me?
1: I mean, stalking is a strong word in that sense. Um, not really. Uh, have I had stalkers since I've been on TV? Like, I mean, look, not not extreme stalking. I've had some weird things happen. Some weird, weird, And it really, it's usually people that aren't even interested necessarily in my ability. It's for some other reason, you know? Because right. um, they're attracted
0: it, guess, to you or something.
1: <laughs> whatever, right? It like goes with the territory of being in the public like that. So right. I just- you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had that too,
0: right? I mean. Well, I think what's interesting is that people think they know you, right? And they just don't. And so they associate with, you know, they they don't really have boundaries because they, they act like your friends already. And that can be too much. It's so
1: weird. It's so weird. Like people like come up to me and they're like, Oh, Hey, I saw this, this, and this. I'm like, how do you know that? Oh, I, I follow you on Instagram. Like they're following your Instagram so intensely. Yeah. And it's like, actually really, it's just such a weird time we live in. Right. It's just yeah. so weird.
0: No, it is weird. There's like no privacy for sure. Um, So I know one of your dreams is to have an art show displaying spirits that you've encountered and mm-hmm. in, in haunted houses or just all, all through your life. Right. How, where are you in that? level of your dream?
1: Oh, well, I mean, look, I'm at the the beginning of that, right? Um, I've been creating spirit art. Uh, I call it spirit art because I don't really know what to call it. Let's call it mm. channeled art. Um, since 2009, I think that's when I really started doing it. Um, and I kind of stepped away from it for a bit and then I came back to it. And what I do most of the time is I I draw people's spirit guides. So I believe we all have spirit guides around us. We, we all have spirit guides, at least what's one. A, what's a spirit guide. Yes. A spirit guide is a spirit on the other side that is watching out for us. And it doesn't have to be a family member. It can be somebody that lived a really long time ago. Um, <clears throat> somebody that like, it, like follows us throughout life in a good way. Um, they don't give us all the answers. Um, I believe that we're here in school. Like we come in with lessons to learn with con- soul contracts for lack of a better term. Um, but we all have guides and we have different guides. We, I think we have at least one or two that follow us throughout our lifetimes. Like they're always there. And then we have different guides that come in depending on what we're going through. Right. So I've discovered that I have the ability to draw people's guides and then the guides will give a message to the person and the person that's receiving the message. It makes the message make sense to them, you know? Hmm. And I really, really love doing that because, um, you know, it's nice to know that we have somebody with us. It's nice to know that we have somebody watching out for us. Um, yeah. And, and and look, I open it up to, like, people believe in all sorts of things on the other side. I'm open to all of it. Aliens, humans, whatever. You know, it's like all energy that's over there. So uh, I have a friend who's like, please draw my guide. And as I was drawing the guide, I'm like, oh, my God, this is an alien. Like, I've never drawn. This is so weird. But she is super connected to aliens. So it made sense. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I I really one day would love to just like have a spot where I just like hang out. I draw spirits all day. It sounds awesome.
0: Right. That does sound awesome. Well, I guess I would be remiss in like having this time with you and not asking if I have a spirit guide.
1: Of course you have a spirit (laughs) guide. I know I want to draw your spirit guide. Hey, how about I like I I will I, I will draw your spirit guide and send it to you if you want.
0: That's sweet. I mean, but when you're talking to people like me, like, is there something that you see in any conversation that you're having or people or, you know, things like that?
1: Yeah, sure. Like, again, like if I'm turning the radio up, I Mm -hmm. can turn it up and I can tap in and see what happens. I can turn it down. Um, Yeah. So I could turn it up and tap in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know you have these live events coming up in December. You're gonna be in Florida. Where else are you gonna to... tell me exactly where you're gonna be?
1: Okay, so I am well, I'm in Richmond right now. I'll be at Virginia Beach. I'm going to be in New Brunswick, New Jersey on the third, Bridgework, Connecticut on the fifth. Uh, then I do an Ohio run. I have well, I have Omaha, then I have uh Toledo, Dayton, uh Liberty Township, Columbus. Um, and then I'm going to be in Florida in December. So I'll be in Port Charlotte. I'll be in Naples, Tampa, and Orlando. And all of my, um, uh, dates are posted on my web website, CindyKaza.com. And can, um, people
0: request to do private readings with you as well?
1: I don't do privates right now only because my time is limited because of my travel schedule and filming schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can recommend, uh, One of the best mediums I know. His name is Anthony Maraca. He lives in Jersey. He does a ton of private readings. He's so good. So check him out. I always refer people to him. He's spectacular.
0: Okay. Spell his last name.
1: M-R-O-C-K-A. Okay. And um,
0: I guess that's really it. We wish you the best of luck. I'm so excited for all the stuff you're doing. Um, People can watch you on the Dead Files. That's on the Travel Channel. Um, yes. and also you can get it, um, streaming on, on a number of different, uh, sites, I guess. And how many more, so you've been in three episodes. How many more do you have the whole season that you're
1: doing? So actually, now that I think about it, I've been in four, but the, the first one was tagged onto the end of, uh, so I, re- I replaced Amy Allen. The first mm-hmm. one is tagged onto the end of her five. Um, so it's season 15. It starts at episode six and then it goes to 13. So I have what, uh, six more. Is that right? Okay. Okay. Or awesome. Four? And then I I how does do that math. work? And then
0: how does that work? You, you see if they'll bring you back for another season or, I mean, do you love doing this?
1: I love it. Yeah. It's tricky right now because, um, you know, the network there's the Warner bot discovery, there's a huge merger, A lot of stuff is changing. We're hoping it comes back. So please watch the show so it can come back. Um, But they have to air all of the episodes first. And then after they air, then we find out if we get renewed. So please watch uh, Dead Files. Uh, Tune in live on Travel Channel Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
0: And I will say as a new watcher, it is really good. And now that you've confirmed that it's not scripted and um, you're doing real sort of readings um, while you're there and feeling your intuition that makes it even more interesting and I will continue to watch so thank you thank so much
1: you so much time. yeah okay. thanks for having me I wish
0: you the best of luck and I can't wait to see what you do in the future